0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast where we talk about Blizzard entertainment and its many games. I'm the host Matt and with me is my fantastic co-host Ann Stickney. And you been doing anything interesting game-wise?
1: Um well, okay, World of Warcraft not so much because again, I'm still on the eternal slog to get that stupid music box and it's just not working. But I got a Switch. I got a present and it was a Switch. So, um I've been playing a lot of Pokemon. <laughs> I'm going to have to get, like, another game for the Switch at some point. I don't know what Uh, I'm going to get, though.
0: I'm going to tell you right now, um, either Mario, Super Mario Odyssey, or uh, Breath of the Wild seem to be the two most popular Switch games.
1: I thought about Breath of the Wild, because that would be interesting, but then I also, um, it's expensive, and I don't exactly have, like, a ton of cash to be flinging at video games at the moment, so... Um, my other alternative was maybe Stardew Valley because it's like $15 and
0: I quite like that one. (laughs) My wife got that for her phone and likes it, so I'm sure you could get some some fun playing it on the Switch. Well, I've been playing it,
1: I've played it on the PC before and then I just sort of like fell out of playing it, but now I'm kind of like, oh, you know, that sounds like fun, relaxing I feel like...
0: I feel like since we do talk about Blizzard, I should probably throw a plug in for Diablo three on the Switch because they have a Diablo three. Yeah, on the Switch. I
1: actually I thought but, about getting that too, but again, kind of expensive. So it's like mm. I
0: also I find myself wondering like people are like yeah yeah you can play it on the go. I'm like I don't want to play Diablo on the go. You don't know what I get like when I play Diablo. I don't want to be sitting on the train going. Okay. What's happening to that man? What
1: are those noises?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like seriously. I, 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 should we call somebody? He's like looking at that device and kind of twitching constantly. Well, anyway, a-
1: if we have any any listeners who are experts on the Nintendo Switch or whatever, I am now taking game recommendations, preferably stuff that isn't that expensive. I prefer RPGs and games that are cute and relaxing, which is why I like Pokemon and why I like Stardew Valley. And Animal Crossing, when it comes out, I'm so excited. Anyway, uh, we should right. talk about
0: uh, well, stuff um, that before isn't Before we do talk about stuff, I'm going to talk about uh, WoW Classic, because I've been playing the heck out of that. And Yes. Wow. Um, guys, uh, I don't know. Is there a word for a gameplay experience that is simultaneously one of the worst things you've ever done to yourself, and yet you can't stop? Because that's how I feel about WoW Classic. It, it, it hurts like it actually hurts. There are times when I go, I I I'm going to tell a specific quest story. I got a quest to go up to the Cliff Spring River and uh, go into a cave up there. Oh and no! And then after I run in, I go into the cave. I fight my way through all the Naga in the cave. I get mushrooms out of the cave. I come back, hand it in. The guy he tells me I should go talk to somebody else who's a leader in the community. So I go over to him, and he's like, "You should go up to the Cliff Spring River." Yep, and and I'm just sitting there staring. And I'm like, why the f did I? Couldn't you have told me to go up to the Cliff Spring River when I was going up to the Cliff Spring No, nope. this kind of thing happens all the time. This is, in fact, that should just be called the Dark Shore experience. I hope you like running from one end of this zone to the other. Like you go down, go all the way down to the Grove of the Ancients to talk to Oru. I need you to go all the way up to the top of the zone and go to, and get me relics of Mithistra. I was just up by, there,
1: by the way. Flight paths were not like no there's a not a single flight path in dark shore <laughs> there's the only flight point there's is the like, one in, in Aberdeen.
0: yeah yeah that's it that's the only one it's the one that gets you there there are some cool things about it like the, the there's the, the the dock is there so you can t- take a boat over to menethil that's that's still there in fact it's much much better than i think it is in life but um yeah so, I've been, but I've been playing the heck out of it. I've been really enjoying it. At the same time, that it drives me insane. Like it, it seriously is like the the video game equivalent of a of a broken tooth. Like you ever had a bad tooth and you can't leave it alone. You're supposed to leave it alone. You're, you're gonna go see your dentist in a couple of days. In the meantime, try not to mess around with that tooth. But you don't. You just mess around with that tooth constantly. You constantly sticking your tongue in it. That's me in this game. I'm like level 20, and I got to level 20 through sheer rage. I think you know, and it, it's. <laughs> This is something my wife said all those years ago when we first played WoW. She said this to me, and it's still true. The original warrior design is Blizzard doing an amazing job of making you, the player, feel what it would be like to be that angry all the time. Because I am. If one mob adds, I know I'm going to die. If I were a paladin, I could bubble or heal myself. Or a priest, same deal. Warlock, I'd have like three pets. You know, all that various stuff. But warrior. You know you're gonna die. Yeah, I'm gonna have three pets at level twenty as a warlock. Eh, whatever. They always have something. Everybody has something. Yeah. Playing a warrior. Playing a warrior at this point feels like I'm playing the game with like one hand tied behind my back on my character, not me personally. But okay, and I, have say, I have to say, I have to interject.
1: I have to interject, and I do have to say that playing a priest, not easy, unless you're a shadow priest, in which case, have fun being ridiculously OP. Um, especially if you're a Forsaken Shadow Priest, because Devouring Plague is so overpowered. Everybody, go play a Forsaken Shadow Priest. Seriously, that's my recommendation. If you want to feel what it's like to be ridiculously overpowered for everything that you do, go play that. Um, I don't think anybody druids at the were level- still level- like painful at that point, too. You know.
0: Well, I do think let's let's to be fair. I don't think anybody between the levels of 10 and 30 it's actually feeling all that strong because everything runs away. It's always something that's going to aggro. It's always going to bring the stuff on top of you. It's always going to be three or four or more of them. And nobody has the proper mechanics to deal with it. Like no, everything that not was at designed. That point, no. So yeah. And yet I'm still playing this. I actually even wrote a post for the site about why, because I've been thinking about why. Um, but yeah, it's, I've been playing that. I've been playing, I played regular battle for Azeroth today. I've been playing a ton of Diablo three. Uh I love Diablo 3 right now. It is is one of my favorite games. Uh so yeah, I there there's my my big three this for this Sam's past week. I'm
1: still not in the beta for classic. I, I I signed up for it, but yeah, I haven't gotten that fateful email yet. So I have not been sucked into that world as of yet. I thankfully. almost I'm
0: almost glad for you. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't have a reason for why I'm still doing this. Um, And the beta community is already pretty well established. Like there's stuff on the auction house. Like I I went into the AH and there is stuff there and I had to make myself not buy it. I was like, no, no, you need that gold. You must save gold. Uh, You must in fact do nothing but generate gold as much as you can because you're going to need like 80 gold to to get them out. At level
1: 40, if you're lucky, if you're
0: lucky. Well, it's like, it's 20 gold without the discount. So it's it's 12 twelve gold just to train riding skill. And then it's like it's like 72 gold, again, with the discount to buy the mount. That's your that's the mount you buy. It costs you 72 gold per mount. Yeah,
1: and you can only get your mount. You can only get, like, you, you can't until get... You, until you get
0: exalted, you can't get anything from and anybody And good luck else. getting exalted
1: because get... that's not going to happen easy.
0: <laughs> no, you'll you basically have to go back to all the starting zones and do all the quests for everybody. It... Because there's nothing, there's nothing except that and rune cloth turn ins to get reputation.
1: Yeah, and I don't think that there's going to be rune cloth turn ins initially, is there? No,
0: the water Master's there. Are they? they okay, are
1: okay, I wasn't sure. Yeah. Um, I know that for me, oh, I turned in so much rune cloth on both of my first level sixty characters because my um my night elf got a horse. That was her first mount. Was a horse. And then my Forsaken Shadow Priest, I got her a Raptor, because I really liked the Raptors, and I thought they were cool. Um, and that was her first mount. However, it was much, much easier to get exalted when the AQ40 event was going on, because you could turn in bandages. And when you turn in bandages, oh, oh, it was light years. It was light years yeah. ahead of the Runecloth.
0: <laughs> the Runecloth turn in is not good rep. It just straight up isn't. But yeah, um, there's a reason that war humans were so incredibly popular back in vanilla. Yeah. Um, every, every man for himself was not every man for himself. Sorry. The uh, the, the diplomacy ritual, which it's just called diplomacy was unbelievably good back then. But yeah, uh, we should do some stories, the top variety talking about stuff going on in the wild world of blizzard and all that. Um, I think the first one we're going to talk about is an interesting thing that coming up in patch 8.2 uh, in patch 8.2. If you guys don't remember, them, uh, the, the giant Tyrannosaur Undasta, who was a world boss, and the, the Throne of Thunder boss Haradon, who's a big Triceratops-looking Direhorn, they're called, um, with Devilsaur and Direhorn, are now tameable. You can go back and tame these bosses. In
1: 8.2. You can't do it yeah, right now. In 8.2. Now.
0: Yeah, in 8.2. I,
1: um, I have feelings about this.
0: I feel bad for anyone who wants Undasta because he's yeah. a world boss, so getting him is going to be a nightmare.
1: Undasta is basically... I, I'm still farming Undasta because Undasta drops him out. Um, so that's what you have to contend with if you want to farm Undasta. Since he is a world boss and he's out in the world and he drops him out, that means that players are going to be there and attacking him every time he's up. And yes, he does spawn fairly frequently. like I think it's every 15-20 minutes or something. It's not; It doesn't take him long to spawn, but once he spawns he's dead in like five seconds
0: yeah That's people are, it takes me literally, to kill him
1: and i am still farming yeah. him every week
0: people are literally sitting there waiting for him and they will be the all day like new people will be coming in it, yeah it's going to be a nightmare so Horodon is the one most people are likely to get yeah um, if you're a hunter getting Horodon will be as easy as going in and doing it um i'm not sure if you can i don't know if you can tame him before the war god falls off I kind of hope you can, because that'd be hilarious if you tame him and then War God's just sitting there going, what happened? Uh, but, yeah.
1: I I don't know. I don't know what the exact mechanics are. I do know that with Undasta, Undasta, he, he is considered exotic, so you can only get him if you're a Beastmastery hunter. But, again... Well, he's a devil
0: sword. I think, in fact, both dire sword. I think dire horns are the same. You need a... Need to be beast mastery to tame them too. I
1: don't think you do for Hordon. I think with Hordon you just have to like have
0: the. Wasn't there a book?
1: Yeah, there's the ancient tome of dinomancy that you have to get, and then you can tame dinosaurs. But because Undosta is a devilsaur, he's considered exotic, so you have to be beast mastery to get him.
0: Yeah, same yeah. as Thok. Um, if you if you tame Thok, it should be roughly equivalent. They are similar models, yeah. and sim- But Undasta has the cool Zandalari helmet, whereas uh. Thawk has a big spiky thing on his head. So,
1: Okay, but Thawk is a really cool tame anyway, and I do have him on my hunter. <laughs> they're, they're both cool.
0: Um, I kind of feel like it's interesting that they're making more and more stuff tameable, but they're not giving us more stable slots or letting you tame more stuff, you know what I mean? Like, so, that's the one thing hunters that's are gonna kind have of to, like... You
1: know? Yeah, that's the one thing that's kind of annoying, and I think I want to say that Deb mentioned it in the article that she wrote about it was that we're getting all this cool new stuff to tame, but we've still got the same number of stable slots as before, so if we want to tame the cool new stuff, we have to get rid of a beloved pet and The thing is is like I mean yes, it's all pixels on a screen or whatever, but when you're a hunter and you're talking about pets it 's not like ditching a weapon or something like that or trading in a piece of armor for something better it's this is your little buddy pal that you've been fighting with forever and you don't want to abandon him, you know what I mean? There's just people like are going to, There's yeah, a weird sort of Yeah, there's a weird sort of um attachment thing going on there that you don't get.
0: And I have been living with a hunter since World of Warcraft existed, okay? You do not want to tell a hunter that they can't keep their friend because they're out of stable slots. Yeah. Uh, hunters will do things like Hunters will do things like tame a pet, and then when told, "Okay, we're going to make it so you can't keep this pet," they will they will come up with strategies like, "Oh, I'll just get myself killed repeatedly in PVP, and that'll then that I can keep my pet." They they will come up with a way. They're they're nuts. So, and I mean that in the nicest way possible. But yeah, this is something that's very important to hunters. So, I do think that it I would know just that be this... nice.
1: I'm just saying it would be nice, and you don't have to give us like you know a ton more. Just give us like you know another ten slots or something like that. That'd be great. Open it up a little more so we don't, you know, so we can pick and choose what we want to go get. I don't know. Yeah,
0: I agree. I think that the stable slots need to come up for something like this. But, yeah, that's a point, too.
1: And the thing is, is, like, I doubt that these are the only new things that we're going to be able to tame. Because I believe that uh, Jeremy Faisal was asking on Twitter, like, what things do you guys want to tame that you've never tamed before? and people were suggesting things so this might not be the only there might be more options out there that just haven't been discovered on the PTR just yet
0: yeah there, there might be something in uh, Mechagon or or Nazjatar for that matter yeah so yeah Um, but okay we're talking about that Um, this one was interesting this was one that Liz actually showed me and that I went and listened to Uh, the Sawbones podcast which is a McElroy podcast it's McElroy
1: a, yeah Yeah. I can't,
0: names, but I was, uh, I believe it's oh, bloody hell, I can't remember which one of them it is now. I knew who it was. I wrote the article. What? Oh, the Justin...
1: Sawbones? That's Justin. Yeah, Justin, okay. and, his Justin Sydney? and his wife. Justin uh, and his
0: wife, who's a doctor. Yeah. Dr. Sydney. Uh, Sawbones Nick... is a
1: really cool podcast anyway, just because they talk about, like, all kinds of like old medical stuff and this that the it's just it's a really fascinating show to listen to Um, but
0: this one they talked about the corrupted blood plague and how it actually affected real world medicine if you don't remember corrupted blood you you were there for it you want to talk about corrupted blood tell (laughs) them what it was
1: okay so corrupted blood was this thing that happened when Zolgarub first came out when Zolgarub came out um everybody went into it. They went to go raid it. It was really really cool and everything. The final boss, Hakar, he had this ability called corrupted blood that he would afflict everybody in the raid with. And then the trick with Hakar was you got the corrupted blood and then he would siphon the corrupted blood off of you and it would like harm him and that's how you eventually killed him. Once he died, the plague went away. Except people realized that he would also cast corrupted blood on hunter's pets and warlock demons and if you dismissed those pets or demons that plague would stay on them even after you left the raid so if you took said hunter pet to some place with oh i don't know npcs or things that were like not killable like say i don't know auction house people and you put the pet next to them that auction house person would suddenly be a carrier for the Corrupted Blood Plague and anybody that got too close to them would also be inflicted with the Corrupted Blood Plague and you could not dispel it you could not remove it it just stayed there persistently. For higher level characters that had like heels and things like that, they were kind of okay, but it was a consistent state of being damaged. For low level players, like, oh, I don't know, the players that are usually in a capital city visiting the auction house vendor or the bank or the wherever, they would die like immediately. So... it
0: it did like 2,000 damage instantly. It it was crazy. So if you were... If you were like level 40 or below, you just died.
1: So all I remember, and I remember this very vividly, I logged on one day, and the first thing I saw, the first thing anyone said in Guild Chat was, don't go to Iron Forge And I said, why? And they said, because you will die. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? And they said, there's a plague thing going around, and everybody's dying. Don't go to Ironforge, because you, you'll just die. And I was like... Okay? Ironforge was a carpet of skeletons. Now keep in mind too at this point that there was no auction house in, in Stormwind or in um, oh my gosh. The yeah other... the linked Darnassus. Darnassus. The linked auction
0: houses came in patch 1.9 Yeah, which this was not.
1: So back then there wasn't the only auction house available was in Ironforge and everybody went there because that's where you went to go you know do the auctions, check the auction house, list your auctions, go to the bank, duel out in front of the city, that kind of thing. It was the same thing with orgemar. orgemar was the only city that had an auction house. Um, Undercity didn't have one. Thunderbluff didn't have one. So everybody would go there. That was just your central centralized location. So this Corrupted Blood thing, how long did it last? Was it like a
0: week? It was a week because they had to actually put in a uh, hot fix that made it the disease the dis- it wasn't a disease it was a debuff it was a shadow it debuff. was a debuff. yeah made it yeah made it so it wouldn't go on pets so he just didn't cast it on pets anymore so pets didn't get it so you you couldn't do it anymore it couldn't it, it literally couldn't leave because the- if it got on you and you died it went off of you and it got on you and you killed him it got off you so yeah. once the, once the the combat started there was no way for you to actually leave the instance with the plague on you. You couldn't even hearth out with it. It would just go away. If you left somehow, if you managed to hearth out or whatever, the disease went away. It, it just wasn't there. The only way to get it out was on pets. Um, and was really funny is I, we're telling – she's telling a story about this, and I'm thinking about the fact that one of the, one of the leaders of the guild I was in at the time, um, an alliance guild, he deliberately let himself die running into Orgrimmar on purpose so that he could summon his pet and send it into the auction house and plague orgamar. Yep. He did it on purpose. People were doing this on purpose. Not just accidentally, not just, you know, oh hey, hey, it's funny. People were doing this on purpose and it was it was brutal. Um it shut down orgamar. Like that cuz it didn't just get on here's the thing, it didn't just get on the auction house people, it got on Sorfang uh it got on like it got on like... everybody and, and the
1: thing is is like the auction house people were probably the most dangerous because that's where all the low level people were going them and then the bankers and yeah. those guys would not die because they were npcs like they couldn't be killed by a debuff like that it just it wouldn't kill them so they, so they, they just were be just sitting, sitting there persistently like these persistent <laughs> mortal carriers of this plague it was fantastic.
0: Yeah. And and the, re- the reason that the sawbones people talked about it is because this thing has affected how epidemiology works. Epidemiology talks about one of the things it covers is how people act during disease outbreaks. And they've used corrupted blood as a case study because the way people acted in game – are informative of the way people act in real life. They yeah. tr- some people tried to run away and hide, some people tried to help. Like there were high level there were high level paladins and shamans and priests and druids who were trying to heal people through it. Cuz it it would go away if you healed someone long enough. Like if you sat there on them and you healed them, it would eventually it would just fall off. It would go away. It didn't have a displayed timer, but it had a timer. It wouldn't last forever because Hakar was reapplying it the whole time. He didn't have, you know, it. He didn't have to worry about it. But out in the world, it would fall off if you survived. But for most people, you couldn't survive it. Um, so there were people who were trying to help. They would they would actually set up little clinics and just tell people, "Okay, come over here. We're going to do our mass effect heals. We're going to try and uh, get everybody." But some people were deliberately spreading it. And not just to hurt their, like, you know, not just, like, my guild master, guild leader, who went over to, to Orgrimmar. There were people who were doing it to their own faction, just to see it happen. Like, there was one guy who deliberately ran it out to all the flight masters he could get it to. Yep. Um, just because he thought it was funny. And that way, And then you, like there you'd, were people you'd fly who in would, and you'd get it when you flew in. You'd just die when you landed.
1: There were people who would try and avoid it, because obviously, you know, they didn't want the character to die or whatever. And then there were people who would deliberately run into Ironforge or Orgrimmar because they wanted to see the skeleton piles because that was fascinating. You know who's
0: yeah.
1: I mean? like, wow, I want to go look at that. <laughs> oh, and I might die. Uh, That's okay. I just want to see the skeletons.
0: And <laughs> you know, apparently, I mean, even though obviously in real life, if you die, you you actually die. You don't come back. Still, a lot of the behavior is useful for making the models of how how people react to this kind of thing, and it's 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 affected WoW's design too because I mean, if you look at the. uh, I believe they called it the zombie invasion uh, when, when, when uh, the Wrath of Lich King came out. That was, was modeled. Yeah, that was right, modeled right before this. Wrath.
1: It was modeled on this and it was basically like the return of the Corrupted Blood Plague except it was zombies and it all started with these like infected crates that were down in Booty Bay um, of like grain, which was just like how things went down in Anderhall way back when, uh, where you had like the infected grain. Um And it started in Booty Bay and then the shipments started showing up all over Azeroth because they were getting shipped everywhere. And if you went too close to them, you would catch the plague, you could turn into a zombie and you could choose to like spread it as much as you could or you could get cured because there was an option to get cured, get, get the whole thing taken off of you and you could try and figure out a way to fight it. And it was all kind of built around that whole corrupted blood thing because... Despite the fact that it was mass chaos for a week, it's really one of the more memorable moments
0: (laughs) from early World of Warcraft. One of the things the podcast mentioned, and it was at the time it was mentioned by people, is that it showed that emergent systems would still happen. That, you, you know, World of Warcraft was possibly one of the most controlled environments possible, and they still had no, they didn't, this wasn't intended. No, they didn't want this to happen. They'd never expected it to happen, but it did anyway. And that kind of stuff, it's illustrative both in medical terms, which is why it was on Sawbones and in game design terms. Things can still happen that you don't expect and you can learn lessons from them. And it's really weird. Back in 2017, I just found this out while I was doing research on the for the post uh, burn from the Sunwell got out. Yeah. And it got out the same way. It got out on Hunter Pets. Yep. And they were doing the same thing. Except now, of course, Blizzard knows what to do and they took they took it out like almost it, immediately.
1: Yeah, it didn't last for very long. I remember that somebody noticed that the, that the same thing would happen and this was the burn mechanic from um oh my gosh, the pit lord, what's his name? Brutalis. Brutalis, yeah, okay. Or brutalis or however you pronounce it. Anyway, he has a burn mechanic that worked the same way where it would get on a hunter pet or something, and if you dismiss them when you summon them outside they still had it on them however yeah it they got rid of it fairly quickly i remember like (laughs) years later we went and did sunwell just for funsies and we decided to run it challenge mode and challenge mode sunwell was to keep burn on everybody and keep passing it back and forth and back and forth and kill um oh my gosh it's a K. I keep wanting you say Kalethos, and it's not. Oh, kill ja- No, kill Jaden at the end oh, yeah. of the Sunwell. You had to kill kill Jaden while everybody still had burnt, and we did it. It was tough. Our healers hated us, but we did it. Yeah, it's
0: also hard because getting it to stay on you that long is difficult. Like it wants to fall off unless you like really mess up. You have to like work hard to keep it on you.
1: Well, we were but, just yeah. like passing it back and forth from person to person, like the Olympic torch. <laughs> It was funny. It was like, oh, look, the bird is about to fall off. Quick, you run over there. Make sure they get it back again. <laughs> that's what made it challenge mode. It was kind of fun. <laughs> you know, okay. that's something that they could do for, like, Mythic Plus Dungeons. Like,
0: Oh, don't give them ideas.
1: But not a debuff. Not a debuff. But, like, a buff that you have to keep going and you have to, like, pass it from person to person to person and keep it going, like, through the course of the d- Anyway that's just me <laughs> ignore okay. me unless you're blizzard in which case hey guys put that in the game anyway <laughs>
0: yeah uh another thing that happened uh i think about yeah like the past week um jay allen brack who is currently the president of blizzard um but used to be for years he was the uh the lead designer on world of warcraft um and he did an interview basically because wow's 15th anniversary is coming up and he was talking about world of warcraft blizzard as a whole and various other things uh I wrote it up just mostly because one of the things he said was that he talked about Argus and how when they when they did Argus, they, of course, thought, you know, should we be doing this as a patch? Should, should, should we, you know, this is a lot of content for a patch, and it's by doing it as a patch means we might never do it as an expansion. And, you know, maybe we should do Argus as an expansion.
1: I always they, thought it was going to be its own expansion.
0: Yeah, and he's even said he even said in the interview it's still something we think about. It's still something we discuss, and that to me is interesting because there's a lot of stuff that we didn't get or we got as a patch that might have been an expansion. Um, one thing comes to mind off the bat is the original version of Netherstorm, the uh, the Isle of Farallon, which we didn't get in Warlords of Draenor at all. Yeah. It was mentioned, but we didn't get it. We know it's right off the coast there, but we never got to go there. And, in fact, there was also the southern continent, you know, that's just, just on the edge of some maps I think of it Dranor. was supposed
1: to be Ogre Town down there or something.
0: Yeah, but we never got to see that either. I mean, there's more to, to Draenor than the continent we went to, and we never got to see any of that. Um, Argus, we got to three, see three zones, and they were big zones, but it's a whole planet. You could do, like, a ton there. there a shattered a planet,
1: but a whole planet.
0: yeah. And there's just that idea of getting to see Argus as an actual world. I mean, there's, there's a ton you could do there just in terms of what, if you look at what we did in, in Legion, we basically, we didn't finish it. We left it like completely full of demons with the broken there fighting for their lives. We just kind of kicked Sargeras into a box, closed the box and then ran away. (laughs) We're like, okay, yeah, you guys can handle it from here. Right. The planet's completely infested with demons, and now they don't have anyone telling them what to do. I think that,
1: I think that the impression that I got from the end of Legion was that the they're not broken, but the, they call
0: themselves broken. Yeah, broken.
1: yeah, I guess. Anyway, the ones that were there on Argus and fighting on Argus, the ones that were kind of like snippy with uh, Velen about, yeah, well, you abandoned us and you never came back, so yeah, and there was that. Brief sort of moment of animosity that was like, ooh, you just want to make him hurt, don't you? Anyway, um, I believe that those guys chose to remain on Argus because that was their home and that was what they had been fighting for. And they wanted to finish the job and clean everything up. Yeah, but that that doesn't mean it
0: got done.
1: No, it doesn't mean that it got done. But at that point, that's why that's why they didn't come with us or anything it was because argus was their home and they wanted now that now that the demons weren't just going to keep coming back once they were killed they could actually clean up the planet so i think that's what they were working on um and they were really invested in that so we we didn't really desert them it was more they chose to stay behind cuz that's where that that was their home that's where they've always but- been
0: Nevertheless, there's still a ton you could do with it in terms of if they decided to do an Argus expansion, you could absolutely do a whole saving the planet from the demons, figuring out like what those other worlds. Because that's the other thing. There were all those invasion points on Argus that led to completely know, different worlds right? we would never heard of. Yeah. yeah, You could you could make a whole expansion about going to them, seeing what they're like just besides that like one little part of them that we went to. There's a ton out there that you could do. And I do, I'm, I am kind of heartened that they'd consider it, but also it's interesting to me because then if you look at like how much you got to think to a certain degree, they were thinking when they designed Nazjatar and Mechagon, that these things could be more than just a a couple of zones in a new patch. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and that's one of the interesting things about doing an expansion is now you have to figure out at what point are you doing so much content that you're not, it's not expansion. It's, it's not a patch anymore. It's actually like close to a mini expansion because I'd say that that the Argus Argus still came across as almost an expansion and Nashatar. No, I don't is, think
1: it came across as almost an expansion it was definitely one of the bigger patches they've ever had yes
0: it was a lot of content for the you know end of it's an end of expansion patch it it, yeah. it did very much it a kept lot of stuff people busy.
1: It. Until Battle for Azeroth was almost out. So, like, you know, there was constantly stuff to do.
0: So I, I do think that's an interesting balance between them. But he talked about a lot of stuff. He talked about this then the Ragnarok statue. He talked about, you know, them finally doing WoW Classic and how that's gonna go. Uh the fact that they they think very much of WoW Classic as part of WoW. It's not its own thing. It's very much you pay for WoW, you get WoW Classic. It's just um, something that could that you it's an add-on it's not something that it would be its own thing that you just pay to do that that's interesting to me um the fact that they have he talked about this we've i think we've mentioned a couple times but he talked about them possibly doing uh burning crusade and wrath of the lich king if there was enough interest as as one yeah. classic type server situation
1: i think i think for me with the argus stuff it for me argus was like I guess I guess the thing that I think he's talking about here is that sometimes when you put things in an expansion you look at it and you go man that could have been an expansion in and of itself did we really do the right thing by just making it a patch or was it something that we should have put to the side and made its own expansion like for me I would have done the emerald dream as its own expansion like I I wouldn't have I mean, I would have done the whole Emerald Dream, Emerald Nightmare thing as its own expansion. I wouldn't have done it as a zone and a place in Legion. I would have done it as, like, its whole... Because the the Emerald Dream, the way the Emerald Dream has been expressed is that it's Azeroth, so it's big enough for it. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in the Emerald Nightmare raid, obviously, in the raid, we got to experience some of these zones and some of these areas in their like uncorrupted state. Well, they were corrupted, they were corrupted by the nightmare, but we got to see kind of what it looked like. But can you imagine a whole world of that? Like, that would be an expansion in and of itself. So, it always, to me, it always felt kind of weird that they decided to just like put that in an expansion Honestly, instead of making its it. It almost thing. feels like,
0: yeah, it almost feels to me like the Emerald Dream is too big for an expansion. Because you could theoretically do something as big as ancient Kalimdor. Do you know know what I'm saying? Like, it could be that big. Yeah, and
1: ancient Kalimdor for people... Ancient Kalimdor was Pandaria, the Eastern Kingdoms, Kalimdor, and Northrend all stuck together into
0: one one
1: massive continent. So, like... And a lot more
0: stuff that's currently on the bottom of the ocean besides. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's just massive. It's like a massive... But the thing is, is like... I would be down for exploring a, a a jungle wonderland of greenery. I think that would be really
0: cool, you know. You know, there's there's lots of stuff like that that could always be. Should Argus, we do this as an expansion. Should we do it as? I mean, you I know, know that actual. you
1: and I, I know that you and I have talked, or we had talked for a while, along with Joe, about how Argus should be like whether Argus was going to be an expansion like the next expansion, or what was going to happen with it, and when they said oh hey, Argus is going to be a patch, all of us were just kind of like, okay wow, I really thought that they were going to make that like its own material, but I guess not you know, so yeah, yeah there was definitely
0: some discussion, I mean, I think we talked about it, I don't think Lorewatch was out yet when we we first yeah, was. talked about it, but I, I okay, then yeah, it was on Lorewatch, we talked about it because I know we talked about it, I remember yeah. us talking about it um joe was i think gotta give joe credit i think he's the one that was like yeah it's gonna be a patch i think the rest of us were like "Nah, it's got to be an, an expansion doesn't it yeah and i it's interesting to see that but you know even blizzard was like maybe it should have been maybe we maybe we, well we and i think that's
1: I, I think that's what brack is talking about here though is that it's like something that they have to keep looking at because it's it's a matter of did we just blow an idea that could have been the the you know the spine, like the cornerstone of an entire expansion? Did we just blow that on one content patch? Or, you know. And I think
0: they've done that before. I'm going to say up front, uh, I, I still feel this way. I feel like the Timeless Isle was an idea that could have been a lot more than it ended up being.
1: Yeah. Um, there no, there's a been... lot more there that they could have explored with the Timeless Isle that they did not. Um, and there's there one are... that
0: I actually think they should consider possibly doing an expansion on.
1: There are even like bosses and things like that like I think Garrosh was kind of a missed opportunity yeah I guess his story came full circle and it was kind of interesting like it dovetailed around itself and he went out of this world where he came into this world sort of on a different Negrand and a different time but it was that same spot where we first found him literally the same spot where we first found him it was kind of crazy but then like I still feel like maybe more could have been done with him, and then of course I always go back to Fandral Staghelm. I think that they did Staghelm so dirty, and I think that he could have been a really, really interesting, complex villain, but they just threw him into a raid. And yeah, I'm still, I'm still annoyed about that one.
0: <laughs> and Honestly, some of the some of the stuff involving the Firelands and Ragnaros from Cataclysm felt very much like there could have been an elemental planes expansion of its own. Oh yeah. That wasn't the cataclysm stuff with Deathwing destroying the world and all that stuff could have been one expansion. Then you could have had, you know, some way down the line, an elemental Lords expansion where they're like, okay, well now he's gone. We're going to break loose and do our own thing. And it felt like they, again, but this is what we're talking about. Do you have a firelands patch and a firelands raid? Or do you do a whole expansion based around the four elemental planes? Like both have their strengths and weaknesses. Both I mean, Cataclysm
1: pros- was kind of designed around the whole elemental plane thing. We got to go to Deepholm, and we got yeah, to we go... got to go
0: to the we got to go to yeah. two zones, and we got to go to to two his dungeons. But there was the raid in
1: the dungeon. Yeah,
0: you could have done one that was. You could have taken the two halves of Cataclysm apart and done one that was much more about Azeroth and the effects of deathwing on azeroth. Yeah. And then you could have done one about going to the elemental planes afterwards and trying to straighten out the mess he made. Yeah. And you could have gotten two expansions out of it. Um but that's always a thing. Like we you know and and I think Brax points valid that you can always you always have to sit back and think did we did we just do too much in one patch? Did we just lose too much for what we got? Yeah. It's interesting. Um, but, you know, anyway, the interview's up. You can go read it on VentureBeat, or you can go look at our post on this on this on on the site and look at what we said about it. Uh, okay, what, what else we got here? Oh, the Gift of N'Zoth thing. This one's weird. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't have the Gift of Nazoth. That thing's gone. I didn't keep that. Um, but, so, Ann, you want to talk about this one?
1: Uh, if you kept the Gift of Nazoth, I did not on live servers. On the PTR, I had it for quite a while, and it never did this. But, um... It's apparently whispering at you now, uh, audible whispers that you can hear in game. You don't, you don't, There's no text for them. You don't see it come up in your chat window or anything. It's just Nazoth whispering sweetly into your ear about stuff. None of it is really intelligible, other than the word Nazoth. Um, and this is on top of like other stuff that's come up. You've seen the other stuff, right?
0: uh depends what you mean.
1: Okay, well there's NPCs I... that you can interact with. Well, there's oh, yeah. NPCs yeah. that popped up now that also have like if you kept the eye of nazoth, you could see other people that have the eye of nazoth and there's like NPCs and things like that. There's there's also like some weird conversation things that go on. Um there's a citizen in oh, where are they? I want to say what is that called? The Great Seal. They're in the Great Seal. There's like this um desperate citizen who keeps talking about how they can feel their teeth behind behind their eyes and they nibble and bite and and tickle their brain it sounds very chogall what they're saying <laughs> it's fair not not the uh not the uh sane chogall head the one that was always talking back to him yeah that one. words 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 the yes.
0: master wants murder the master wants
1: murder yeah it sounds like that guy um Goal. yeah And then there's also, like, this little kid out on the docks who says something about... They say that their mom left them to die, but dad put her to sleep or something like that. It's, like, creepy. And he's just, like... The little kid is just out there on the docks walking back and forth. And you don't even notice it unless you have the gift of Nazoth and you walk by. And they say something. Um so yeah there are there I mean obviously people are kind of theorizing what this means and we don't know what it means we really don't but if you got rid of the gift of nazoth, you're not getting any of this stuff if you kept the gift of nazoth, you are hearing all of it so if you ever wanted to hear Darren DePaul whisper sweet nothings into your ear in the most Lovecraftian way imaginable (laughs) go take your all get the gift of nazoth, don't get rid of it and you will hear the whispers it is really weird
0: yeah, so that's happening, and that's that's a consequence of that whole thing where they give players choice, so yeah, that's not something I was expecting when we started this expansion, and it's a really interesting development for World of Warcraft. We've never it, really had anything like this before.
1: It's bizarre, yeah.
0: All right, well, the last thing to talk about is um, the Overwatch workshop that we've got a post on the site about. Um, I'll be completely upfront. Other than the fact that you know it'll allow you to design your own content, I don't really know much about Overwatch workshop. Okay, so, so Overwatch
1: uh, Watch Workshop is like. It's basically. You can make various little things to work in Overwatch. Um, and it's. You can use it to make different game modes. You can use it to make custom stuff. You can use it. You basically do, like, make all kinds of games using the Overwatch engine to make things that aren't necessarily Overwatch. Um people have been making all kinds of things, like they've been making, uh, I think there's like a Flappy Bird clone that's with Farah, and somebody did Uno. Um, When you design stuff for this, you can save it, and you can give people the codes so that they can use your designs to make things of their own. So, there were five really cool things that came out that Tyler decided to highlight. One of them, it only works on the PTR right now, but it's Overwatch Paint, and you play a Symmetra and you can draw orbs either in the environment or on a wall so you can like adjust the brush sizes You there's like an undo button you can change like the color of the orbs you can basically just make art um obviously number one it's pretty cool that you can do this cause it's like oh it's like having a giant light bright <laughs> that's what it reminds me of a giant light bright in Overwatch that you could just play with um I, I fully expect that people will start using it to draw terrible, terrible things at some point because that's what happened with that other add-on that we had for World of Warcraft. Um, other stuff that's actually pretty cool is somebody developed a selfie camera that allows you to take selfies with your characters, which is really strange and unusual. Um, the other thing that's like, actually like really helpful, there are aim practice tools. So if you want to work on your aim whether it's aiming at things that are flying up in the air or just aiming at things in general. Uh, People have come up with custom game modes where you can actually, or with um, workshop models, where you can actually go in and practice your aim and everything else and get better at the game, which I think is pretty cool. The workshop is weird. It's weird, it's different, it's cool, and it's really, really fun. And I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of other weirdness we see come out of it, because I'm sure that this is just the beginning. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's one tool that allows people to practice throwing uh bandas grenades. I think I thought I saw that. Yeah. Which is interesting. Uh, and the fact that you can do the, 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 weird MS paint thing in overwatch one makes me think there's going to be some other ones that are going to be even stranger. Um, there might, some point there might be like ones where you, your characters build things. I, uh, you don't know, but it is Overwatch
1: Minecraft. I don't know.
0: Yeah, or yeah, like I was actually thinking like Fallout 4 with like the, the settlement building. They like Overwatch building. You'd build a settlement in overwatch, which you he can't use or anything, so it's weird. Uh but yeah, that's just it's pretty cool. But uh that's pretty much it for top stories. So uh we've got a little time left. We can do a couple of emails if you don't mind uh Anne. I know you read them for us, but first uh if you've got an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. dot com with the subject line podcast or blizzard watch so we know it's for this show uh and again they can be on any subject at any blizzard game really uh or i guess you could send an email saying how pretty i am i, I wouldn't mind but you know whatever whatever you feel like doing um <laughs> and if you don't mind reading for us
1: okay uh first email is from wow i don't know how to pronounce this it's either sogic or just sock of Kasgaroth who says hi bit of a stretch but what if it was Azrath herself that whispered to Vol'jin to choose Sylvanas as the next war chief what if Azeroth wanted Teldrassil burned we don't really know what her motivations or capabilities are at this stage love your show keep up the great work sojak
0: sock uh, i might have thought that was the case before a wolfheart but they pretty much established that the tree got cleansed and that the dragonflates returned and gave it some of their blessing like, Nozdormu didn't, but Alexstrasza and Ysera did. So, at th- this point, the tree was pretty pretty much on good terms with, like, the world, with life and, and nature Where and, was it? and all that. Uh, see, I, I feel a lot of this stuff is an, an attempt to deflect. It always feels like people want there to be another reason besides the Horde killed these people, or Sylvanas killed these people. They always want it to be, ooh, maybe it was a plan. I, it's always my reaction is, mm, I don't know. Maybe? Uh, it certainly could have been, I guess, which is interesting to think about is if why Azeroth would want Teldrassil burned. Uh, the, the thing is, is that remember what you said about Fandral? Yes. That's the problem with Teldrossel and indeed much of Fandral's plans. Fandral's plans always involved building a giant tree on something like, ooh, there's something evil going on. What about a giant tree? Have we tried that?
1: Okay. Yeah, I always like the stuff that came out in um in Chronicle where it was talking about how there were like serenite deposits all over the place and Fandral basically went around and planted trees on top of them to keep them from spreading, which worked, but it also gave the old gods, which they didn't even know about at the time, a beeline right into the Emerald Dream. So basically Fandral was the one that was responsible for the creation of the Emerald Nightmare. He created that link.
0: And there's that the the tree that got shattered in... in, uh... Northrend is the one that he made. Oh, that the one in Grizzly Hills. Wasn't... Yeah, the crown. Yeah, w- that's the, the one that. Yourself. Yeah, that's the one that actually caused it. That's the one that allowed the you know Yogg Saron to get a hook into the Emerald Dream. Yeah. Um, it's that tree, and so I mean, it's possible Teldrassil might be over the vault of some old god or another we don't know about, or even one we do know about because we don't actually know where uh, where um.
1: Zoth is at.
0: Yeah, I can't. I mean, can't remember his names today. It's like Nizoth, if you know, whatever. <laughs> I couldn't remember his name, but you know, we don't know where he is. You know, for that matter, he could be like he could be like spreading his tentacles all over the place. We know that um Sran's tendrils went all the way across Northrend. Yeah, like he he had. I mean, tendrils... he,
1: the prison was up there in Ulduar, but like all the way down in the Howling Fjord, there were people being affected by him. Well, like, I mean, any place, place that there's bar. saronite, yeah. Like,
0: any place there's you know, that's where his blood's coming up. So there's saronite everywhere in every zone. So you know he's underneath the whole continent. Um, and people are going crazy, like the Borean Tundra. People going crazy from him. So, yeah, I, I guess maybe could have been. I, 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 you really can't say it one way or the other. At this point, we just don't know.
1: I don't think it was Azeroth. I don't think that Azeroth would have The only the only thing that I that I have to say about the issue of Teldrassil is that Teldrassil was a thing that wasn't meant to happen. It wasn't supposed to be. Fandral wasn't supposed to do it. Um he asked Malfurion about it. Malfurion said, "No, I don't think that's such a good idea." And then promptly went to sleep and Fandral did it anyway. While he was keeping Malfurion poisoned and trapped in the Emerald well, the Emerald Nightmare at that point with Green, So all of this stuff that was going on with Teldrassil. And people don't realize exactly how young Teldrassil is because we had the Third War, right? Third War, big tree up on Hyjal. It gets blown up and everything. And then just before World of Warcraft, like in between the end of Warcraft 3 and World of Warcraft, that tree popped up out of nowhere.
0: Teldrassil did. Yep. Teldrassil is about as old as World of Warcraft.
1: It didn't exist uh. prior to that. So there's this giant tree, and what you don't realize is when you're running around on the giant tree with these ancient-looking buildings and everything, no, this thing is about as old. It's maybe a year older than your characters when you rolled your first character back in vanilla. It's... I
0: still feel like those the, the structures had to have been ruins that they were like, on the seafloor. Yeah, they had to have been because no, I think literally... it was something
1: like that or something that they just brought over later.
0: I I feel like it must have been stuff that was on the on the sea floor when the tree started growing because he, that tree literally grew up out of the out of the the ocean. Ocean, yeah. And if you if you go look at Azure Mist and Blood Mist Isle, there's Night Elf ruins all over them. Yeah. And they're right there. I mean, it would
1: make sense. It would make sense because at one point Kalimdor was one major continent and the Night Elf Empire kind of spanned a gigantic stretch of it. So that, I mean, that makes sense to me. But regardless.
0: Yeah, this is not Teldrassil. The tragedy of Teldrassil isn't that it's a place of ancient, like, you know, it's not an old place. The tragedy is simply that it had like thousands of people on it who died. That's, it was basically it.
1: where the entirety of night elf civilization moved to after everything that went down in the third war. They built Teldrassil, they took refuge there, they built their capital city there, they established everything there because Fellwood at that point was just done. Um yeah, and Hyjal obviously didn't really have... was yeah. a, a crater. You know, <laughs> there wasn't there wasn't a lot going up on on, up on Hyjal or anything like that. So there wasn't There just wasn't an opportunity for any of that. So Teldrassil was like that new opportunity. And it wasn't that the tree itself was sacred or anything. It wasn't a sacred tree. It's that the overwhelming majority of the night elf population were on that tree when it went up in flames. So, yeah. I don't. Yeah, we don't.
0: we, We don't. We don't. To this right now, we don't know how many died. We know at least a thousand did because that's how many die when you fail to save them in the quest.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and, and it's... It's, so. it's. I mean, I don't think that Azeroth is really... I think Azeroth is still like a baby titan and not, not grown at all. Um, obviously, when Magni talks to Azeroth, he kind of talks to it as if it's like a child... Um, yeah, and
0: more importantly, it doesn't talk to him in, in strict instructions or whisper no, names. No, It gives him emotions and feelings. It's like he can feel its fear, he can feel its upset, and then he tries to work out what to do from there. So, it would it, be weird if Azeroth, you know, decided to just have a chat with Vol'jin.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think that that's something. The only the only possibility where I could maybe see Azeroth not wanting Teldrassil is because Teldrassil isn't an anomaly that shouldn't have existed, but even then it's just, I mean, I don't think that that's something that Azeroth would do. I don't. So
0: I feel like, especially after the dragonflates came along and said, yeah, okay, we're good with it now. Yeah. And, and did give it their blessing enough that it, it healed it and no longer had the fell corruption. I feel like that that's enough that it wouldn't, there's no real reason to kill. It well. Again, in, unless it was growing its roots down into an old God prison. Cause they do that. <sighs> <laughs> Stop putting it, trees on gold gods. It's
1: just a bad idea. Come on, guys. Didn't you learn anything from Fandral? You know? Yeah. Anyway.
0: Saghelm, good war leader, you know, talented druid, obsessed with growing trees on top of problems.
1: I think um, we have time for one more email. Sure. So uh, I'm going to go to the next email here, which has two questions in it. And I'm going to jump to the second question, because I think that one's interesting. Um, and this one is from Shad, who's a blood elf paladin. Pal- Paladin on uh, US Hyjal who says what are your way too early BlizzCon predictions? We kind of have to get an introduction to the next expansion not the cinematic etc but the new gameplay features, new zone hype etc right? Um, and that's from Shad uh, I'm going to say like BlizzCon predictions let's, let's not limit it to World of Warcraft let's talk about what we expect to see all together and I'm going to let you go first
0: Diablo 4 that's right. I'm predicting it. I don't you care. Think, you think this 4. is the
1: year? <laughs>
0: if, if it isn't the year, then they've gone mad. Like, straight up, Diablo 4. I don't care. I don't care if that game is 5, 10 years away from coming out. Announce it. Announce Diablo 4. Um, we know you're working on something. We know you are. Come on, guys. Stop being coy. Diablo 4. Um, that being said, it would be nice to know... Like At this point... Um, if Diablo Immortal doesn't come out before BlizzCon, I will be kind of surprised. I'm, I'm sort of surprised I haven't heard anything about a release date for it. When the uh, game I'm approved. not surprised but, I haven't heard anything about a release date for it. I, I am. I, I feel like it, the, the announcement should have happened by now, but um, but I don't... I, StarCraft, I don't know if they're doing anything with that IP. Like, it feels like they're just going to keep putting out co-op commanders, and they're perfectly happy with that being what they do. Uh, Heroes just had their big shake-up, so I don't... I don't know. There's gonna there'll probably be at least um there'll be an expansion announcement for Hearthstone, because they almost always is. They they seem to almost always have one ready to go for BlizzCon. Um so that leaves Overwatch and WoW. Um WoW Classics coming out in the summer, so that's not gonna be their feature. Uh I you would think that they'd be doing uh an expansion announcement. We know they're gonna have the fifteenth anniversary uh collectors edition release. That's going to be right around the time of LizCon, so that'll probably get mentioned. But I do agree with you, uh, Chad, that they probably will talk about the next expansion in some form. I feel like they have to. But I'm done. You
1: here. Here's what I'm wondering. Um, I know you said Diablo Four, and I know that you're like, yeah, Diablo Four. They have to say something about it now, don't they? They, they, they. I'm wondering because let's see, in two weeks, I think it's two weeks. E3 rolls in, in two weeks. Activision is going to be there, because Activision is always there. I don't know if Activision Blizzard is going to be there or not, but I'm wondering, because we aren't getting Gamescom this year, like, they aren't going to be at Gamescom this year, if they're going to be at E3 and say anything at E3. Because the thing is, is, like, the rumors that were swirling around with last year's BlizzCon, everybody was talking about the fact that Diablo 4 was supposed to be announced, but then they said last minute, no, 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 we can't do that not yet, it's not ready, or whatever Um, and backed off and did Diablo Immortal instead Um, and whether or not there's any truth to that statement, I don't know, I don't work for Blizzard Um, so this is all just conjecture but if it was that close to being announced at last year's BlizzCon then would they in theory drop that announcement, just like a teaser like a teaser, little little teaser at E3 what do you think?
0: See, in years past, I would have said no, mm-hmm. but you're right about them not doing Gamescom this year. And Gamescom is usually when they were dr- they were doing the right? sucker punch out, right? So I don't know. I mean, it depends on. I'm just if, saying if that if when E3 I'm comes out, be... we hear about them having any sort of presence at the Activision panel, right? Basically.
1: And I'm just saying that I'm going to be keeping an eye on the E3 panels and stuff a lot closer this year. I mean, not just the Nintendo stuff where they better talk about Animal Crossing for the Switch because so help me.
0: Anyway. That's a BlizzCon announcement. They're (laughs) going to discuss Animal Crossing. No,
1: no. Uh, But as far as like stuff that's going to come out for BlizzCon. Okay. I know that we can expect the usual in terms of probably either a new Overwatch map or hero. But it's typically been a hero. So I'm sure we're going to get another hero. Um, Hearthstone. They'll probably announce what the new year is going to be. And maybe a new adventure or something like that. Because they seem to do that every year too, don't they?
0: Pretty much, yeah.
1: If we do not hear about Diablo 4 at E3, I expect to hear it at BlizzCon. And then World of Warcraft, I don't think that they're going to go into too much detail with... Actually, I don't know. It depends on how far we are. Because we're going to be pretty far into Nazatar and everything. And I don't know if... What we get with Nazgatar and um, Ashar's Eternal Palace, if that's the last raid of the expansion or not, I don't think it is. I think we're going to get more material after that. And I think we might hear about that a little bit at BlizzCon, but I also think that we might get information about the next expansion as far as what it's going to be. Um, and I don't, I don't know about you. Do you have any predictions for that, what you think it's going to be?
0: No, because I don't even know how this expansion is going to end. Um, I actually wrote something today that I don't know when, if it'll get run for a while or when it will get run. But one of the things that the points I made was you can't do with a MMO what you can do with a book. Like if a book is making you nervous or uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you can read it faster. You can you basically can power forward, through a couple
1: it. of chapters and make sure everybody's sure. OK
0: or even just, you know, just sit down all night and just read the thing. I'm going to just binge this. You yeah. do that with Netflix. Netflix, just put the the new season up, you just watch the whole freaking season. You just stay there watching it until you watch the whole thing. With a movie, I want to get to the end of this movie, you just sit there and you watch it. With an MMO, this stuff isn't going to conclude for months. Yeah. And I am in a place with this expansion where I am outright uncomfortable. Like I don't mean it's bad. I'm not at all saying it's bad, but I'm uncomfortable. I do not know what's going on. I do not know where they're going to go. I feel like I see some trends and there's certain things that could happen, but I'll just say it. I'm terrified they're going to kill Bane on me. Mm. I'm absolutely terrified they're going to kill Bane on me. They keep like they keep dangling him over fires. It's like, would you please stop putting Bane in fire? No, stop it. It's Bane. I don't want him to die. Um, and so I do feel like this expansion could end in a way I don't see coming. And then what would that mean for the next expansion? I mean... And if, if certain things happened and Sylvanas effectively became the Lich Queen, that's a completely different ending than she comes to her senses and the Horde, you know, makes nice again. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, th- there's lots of different ways this could go, and they would they would directly color what the next expansion would be. Because you can't, you can't go off to have your outer space adventures on Argus and other planets if Azeroth is on fire, you know? Th- there's if the old gods are literally tapering everywhere on the planet, it's like, you know, we kind of have to deal with cleaning this up. So yeah, we're not, we're not going to, we're not going to Zoroth and even waiting for that one, you know, since the warlock uh, mount quest, but nope, not doing it. We're going to have to clean up this. That's, that's why I don't have any predictions for that.
1: I feel like, and this is my way out of left field, but not really out of left field, but this is me months and months and months in advance trying to call it. I feel like we're going to get Rebirth of the Black Empire. I feel like everything is about to fall apart and be really crazy, and we're going to get to play through the rebirth of a piece of history that we should never, ever have gone back to. That's what I think.
0: Yeah, that could certainly happen. That does. That's one of with the reasons everything,
1: I'm so... With everything that is going on, I just... I, I, feel, like, I feel like it's likely. Um, and that would be kind of interesting I mean it would definitely be different um, a lot different and yeah I don't know I, I feel like that's where we're headed I feel like that's where we're headed that could change after you know the PTR goes to live and we played through like the whole raid and seen everything that's in it and that kind of thing obviously but right here right now that's where I see it going That's that's all I have to say about that
0: <laughs> well I anyway, guess that's it
1: yeah that wraps us up for emails and that also wraps us up for the show uh, Blizzard Watch it's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzard watch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ads free site experience
0: thank you very much and uh, if you have an email for the show please send it to Podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzardwatch so we know it's for the show. And again, they can be on any subject, any blizzard game. We like talking about all of it. Guys, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll be back next week.